Chapman and Robin. I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bird. And this is part two of our uh, episode on Lost Girls, chapters 11 and 12. So diving right back into the conversation, um, chapter 12, page two, mm-hmm. what we see is they're at tea and uh, Lady Fairchild is like, oh, Wendy, have you ever, have I ever shown you my like super amazing jewelry, which is way more than you could ever afford right. and which is its own form of decadence mm, in a weird mm-hmm, way. And yeah. she's like, why, no, Alice, you never have. So on page two, what I love about it, if you look at panel four, Alice is sitting in the background on the bed watching watching Wendy be stunned by how she looks in this jewelry to be sort of what I what I really like about it is the next panel after panel four is a tall panel of this this you know of the seven deadly sins the sin of envy mm-hmm. so and everything that follows it's oh my god it's four panels of story and then the panel with um, the deadly sin kind of plays along with what's happening right so we get the four the four story panels and then we get the deadly sin and on mm-hmm. each page those four story panels in some way exemplify yeah. or or show the you know that particular sin which i think is really really interesting so on page two the the reason that i use the term hedonist for alice or lady fairchild mm-hmm. is i think that she's taking pleasure here Mm -hmm. this almost a i would say sexual pleasure in debauchery of watching the failure of virtue Mm -hmm. where wendy you know wendy has never experienced fine things we saw her do it earlier with dorothy where she's Mm -hmm. like have you never smoked opium? Come up to my room. I've got some opium. Try the sound for size. And so yeah. she watches the first time Dorothy smokes opium and then has sex Oh with my her. God, she's pulling it. How? Your coworker. I'm going to have to cut that name out. Oh. But um, yeah, exactly. She's getting... Cause how... She's causing somebody else to sin. Yes. Quote unquote. I, I couldn't figure it out as I, I wrote down regression, but that's not right. Primalism. That's not exactly right. I think maybe the, the, um, what's it called? Uh, disc theory might apply here. She enjoys some, she enjoys making, not making somebody do something they normally wouldn't, mm-hmm. but kind of. Submission. Right. She's she likes pushing people's boundaries a little bit and watching them squirm. She's in a in a weird way. She's a, a she's like a a very heightened, rarefied form of intellectual sadist, which is Wendy being like, "Oh my God, this jewelry looks so good on me," and not her virtues falling away, mm-hmm. and she's luxuriating in a pleasure which she has previously denied herself. And Lady Fairchild is sitting back and going, yes, it does. It looks fabulous on you. Would you like to try on Marie Antoinette's bracelet? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, so she's, 
and uh, again, like I said earlier, Dorothy, I think Dorothy resists opium at first where she's like, oh, I have never tried it, but I've always been curious, but I've ne- I would never. And mm-hmm. and Alice is like, well, what if I just handed you a fully loaded opium pipe and told you that you were about to have the most pleasurable night of your entire life? Like part of it is the psychological like, you know, like, well, I really shouldn't. Oh, but you must, Mm -hmm. you know, like that is part of her pleasure is watching people. There's a weird parallel between Mr. Potter and Mrs. Fairchild right there. Mr. Potter is all about, he's a bit more uh, rough about it or brusque about it or crass. Crass might be a good word. He's into women being degraded. Mm Mm-hmm. Tied up, they're devils. Oh, okay. Everyone's yeah, like, "Oh, she's such a dirty little sl-. like." That's his mm-hmm. fantasy. But in a weird way, Fair Miss Fairchild is the Lady Fairchild. Lady Fairchild is the fully cultured version of that, mm-hmm. where she's like, "Oh, just but just do this for me, you know." You, like like making watching Dorothy smoke opium and lose control, and watching. Wendy, who has like been a weird like hermit who's denied herself all these things, like luxuriating in opulence. Yeah, I I have a note. Um, poor Wendy is finally coming out of her shell. Like she's finally starting to blossom and shed this. Part of me is wondering if it's the other way, which is she's because I think on page four we're gonna see her try desperately to like get her defenses back up. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if this is Lady Fairchild is breaking down, breaking her down mm-hmm. rather than Wendy blossoming because on page four, mm-hmm. she's like, fuck you. I, I'm out. We'll talk about that in just a second. Okay. But that I want to I'm you I'm using page four in the context of page two, because I don't think that this is her being like, ah, I'm accepting my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And this is me reclaiming myself as a woman. I think this is Lady Fairchild being like pulling bricks out of the wall. Mm-hmm. And Wendy's like, oh, God, because uh, uh, she says the facade is crumbling on yeah. both pages. She's like, I really shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. Like I re- like page three. She's uh, no. Uh, yeah. Page three. She says, I feel so wicked. Harold says that lo- that luxury erodes our upright upright qualities. She's, well, he fucking would. I know he totally sucks. But like. The point is, is she's not like treat yourself, girl. Exactly, and that's what Lady Fairchild says. But when she puts <laughs> on that that bracelet, Marie Antoinette's bracelet, she's not like, oh, I do look good in this. I'm reclaiming it, sister. Mm-hmm. It's not that. She's like, oh, fuck. I have so much money on my body right now. I love it, but I shouldn't. This is Fairchild mm-hmm. knocking the wall down. Mm-hmm. This isn't Dorothy coming up blossoming like a flower. And we're gonna see that especially on page four. But um. The, I thought this was really interesting. Uh, envy, mm-hmm. the sin, the sin of envy. Right? Did you? You? I'm assuming you read the text. I did. Yeah. Did you notice what envy is on page two? The um, the the speaker the, uh, uh, in each in each on each page under the beautiful beautiful uh, Melinda Gebby illustration of the the personification of the sin there's the name of the sin the of the seven deadly sins and then alan moore does like a, a weird like text poem underneath that kind of exemplifies that well sin. i think this is meant to be the pages from the seven deadly sins that right she that she was previously. reading yeah. yeah i was just giving people the idea of the layout because that's the text i'm about to talk about is the text under envy 
the envy is a male speaker being envious that he is mm, not a mm-hmm. female. Yeah. That he can't feel himself being, he can't feel himself fucking himself. The, well, <laughs> no, that's not exactly it. I want to talk about this because I, this is a rabbit hole. This is something that exists on the internet. The fuck does this Actually, this is something that you have said repeatedly that you don't understand, but we'll talk about it. Um, I envied, a, oh, I'll just read the whole thing. Swimming, streamed with salt, a bob upon your love-licked nest of curls. I weighed those breasts more pale than curds and wanted nothing more. Nor did my glistening lamprey make complaint that nosed among your coral pinks. I like, by the way, that this writing is not amazing. I think it's intentionally so because on page one, uh, yeah, on page one, they talk about how this is not Oh, it's a real. knockoff. It's a yeah. knockoff. So this mm-hmm. like some shitty guy trying to the it's totally purple prosy. But yeah. there is one really good line at the end, which I want to talk about, which is, um, sorry. Nor did my glistening lamprey make complaint that nosed among your coral pinks. Content in all the world was I until you smiled. When satisfaction fled, I envied what you were that I could never be. The one spread pierced and worshipped under me. So this is a thing. Do you remember? Hey, buddy, there's this thing called pegging. No, 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 it's not that. Do you? It's it's specifically linked today. It's specifically linked by psychologists to pornography. Men, I read an inter- really really interesting paper, and I wish I could remember. It was a, it's an it was an in an academic journal on porn. There's a phenomenon that's occurred. It, it, the the physical mechanics of it have always existed but it's a phenomenon that's pretty recent uh in this particular iteration of it which is men watch porn men watch a specific specifically men who are addicted to porn and watch tons of it when you watch porn you never see the guy's face ever oh yeah so you see the woman Uh. now this is what they postulate. There's only been a few. You sometimes do, but well, there's only been a few studies on it, and this is this was this particular scientist's or psychologist's, I should say, opinion of it, which is men wa- when men who are addicted to porn who are watching like hundreds of hours of porn, every video is focused on the woman. Mm-hmm. There are sex acts being done to her, but she's the object of attention. She's getting all the attention. You're watching porn for the girl. You're not watching it for the guy. You're not watching it necessarily to imagine what, you know, like what you're doing. You're watching that girl basically seeing women being, you know, porn in porn there is no male. It's all about the girl. That's why you're watching. So they start to identify because that's the only character they're given in these hundreds of hours of story that they're watching that's the only character they're given so they want to be female they want to be that idolized thing the object of desire the object of desire the male in porn is not the object of desire it's often like an inconvenience you're like jesus do i have to look at another set of balls i (laughs) have very strong opinions about this go ahead um i would say that that is because the um, porn industry is primarily male-led and male-driven um, and fairly chauvinistic. Um, and they think that the uh, 
they have a very narrow field of what they believe is desired. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why if you watch um, porn created by women, porn created by um, queer individuals, it's very, very, very different. It has a different vibe, different um, way of showing people, um, different styles of actors. Um, I think straight porn is pretty much the worst thing in the world. Honestly, how define that a little bit? Because um, I mean, like worse than atomic bombs. And I, like, what do you mean by it, it's bad for blank. everyone? It, it, um, I, I agree with you. Because not necessarily. Not and when I say straight porn, I don't mean a male and a female actress having sex. You mean in, I mean porn created by the created porn for, industry? Yes, by quote unquote the porn industry for the straight cis male specifically interesting um i think that that's basically a waste of time and the ruiner of the porn industry i don't know what that means could you um uh, straight porn it's just like i think that it creates unrealistic fantasies and expectations for for men specifically young straight men oftentimes porn being straight uh porn directed by men for men with big budgets and stuff like that being oftentimes young men's introduction to sex i that's why i would say that it's damaging is that it creates that um completely unrealistic expectation for sex which is um completely compliant sex dolls for whom there are no limits nor necessity for um you know like acquiring consent or anything because all women are up for everything all the time no matter how degrading or extreme (sighs) that's what i would say is that what you're you mean yeah that's basically what i'm getting at okay yeah i just a lot of the problems i i the sexual problems that we have in this country at large i think is the fault of one of the biggest problems that I have with ma- uh, let's call it mainstream porn is that yes that's yeah what you mainstream mean? porn yeah okay not like indie porn because yeah. I know that I know I actually have seen some porn sites or porn videos um if you follow uh Stoya mm-hmm. in particular she has right. her own website she's she's really interesting she's one of I would call her like a porn outsider, even though she's operated in mainstream porn for a long time. She's very outspoken and vocal about the porn industry and about um, sex positivity Mm -hmm. in porn. And she now does what I would call like indie porn or alternative porn. But um, (laughs) I've and also with the I learn about a lot of really interesting things researching this podcast. Get away from my cables, dog. Um, Um, I also think the uh, the heavy focus on. Um, male ejaculation. That was the point is, I was just yeah. just about Ugh. to make before Trin almost knocked the cables out of the wall. But um, it, it's not just male ejaculation, but it's male pleasure only. You oh yeah you don't totally. in mainstream porn like women you know like you'll be watching some guy just you know going Railing to going to town or whatever yeah and the woman is moaning in pleasure but she's not touching herself at all. She's really just And her face doesn't even really say pleasure. It's or fake fake no, in it. Yeah, it's fake. You get that like like I mean we, they are the actors. Yeah. Um the the focus is always like you said, 
getting to the cum shot, getting to, all right, the man has ejaculated. And once that happens, the sex act is over. We're done. Right. There's, I mean, there are niche videos, which are like about female orgasm, you Mm -hmm. know, where it's like, oh, like, um, I don't know how far down this rabbit hole we want to go, but like male denial videos. Well, there's that, yeah, but that that I would I would not call that mainstream porn. Oh that's no, fairly, absolutely not. Yeah, it's yeah. very that's a, a particular fetish or kink. I would I was thinking more like the videos that have to do with like um, squirting or whatever. Oh. At, where where in a weird way, female pleasure. But it's yeah, go on. It's treated as a freak show. Oh, I was gonna say like that it is treated like male prowess. And this is like a feather in his cap. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I was thinking because I was the way that I looked at that particular subgenre was that um, like the female ejaculation was weird. So mm. everybody come look Look at this weird thing that's Ew, happening Look at this chick she's squirting Right and oftentimes yeah. you're right Female female pleasure Is even even that Isn't viewed as female pleasure It's viewed as male success Yes yeah exactly In the world of mainstream porn Yeah Yeah. Um, so I've Alright for- I've said it again I, I said it before and I'll say it again We should totally make porn Maybe I mean um, we should Direct porn. I have. I'll be completely honest. I have no idea how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> how did? All right, moving how on. How the fuck did we get to that uh, point? Jesus. Uh, I um, don't remember. Oh, I remember. It was we were talking about envy, which that in that weird, strange, peculiar bit of wording at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Where the okay. male wanted to become. People literally just listen to us find our way here. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. You didn't... That didn't hit hit for you at all? Like, no. ma- male wanting to be female? No. Mm-mm. I think there's... I didn't read it that way. Okay. I mean, I feel like I could... I could dive deep on this, but if you're not interested, we'll skip. Um, so let's go to page three then, since you're literally just doodling on your pad now and I'm afraid I'm losing you. So let us... The, for me, the only thing that was really interesting about Avarice... Which is page three Was not only is she getting Marie Antoinette's bracelet And we're basically seeing Alice turning the screws Where she's like how far can I debauch you Wendy You know like that sort of Mm -hmm. thing What really interested me again was the text under Avarice The last line again Let us be rich in love to sneer like fat contented jades upon the poor and I thought that that was really interesting because I would say that the potters are poor when it comes to love. And financially, comparatively to Lady Fairchild. Right. Lady I mean, Fairchild. she has a fucking title. Right. She's a lady. Lady Fairchild yeah. is fabulously wealthy, but I liked that the text in particular, let us be rich in love. And it is saying, like, when we're rich in love, it's not like, let's be rich in love and dance in flowers. Mm-hmm. Let us be rich in love to sneer like fat contented jades upon the poor. Like, it's that is that, that like weird, like, uh, Marquis de Sade, like, mm. we have so much money. Let's call in the poor um, peasant and like, women. Kind of like uh, Schadenfreude as well. Yeah, in a sense, like yeah. here we are on our thrones and rather than just focus on each other or like be benevolent, it's like here we are on our thrones and 
fuck all of you because we are wealthy. And I think it's important that it's specifically love and not money. So confession. Go ahead. I kind of feel like this sometimes because I feel like you and I have a really good relationship Mm -hmm. and that we are in love. And sometimes I look at other people in their relationships, strangers. Fighting couples. Right. And you're like, wow, you fucking suck. And I get a pretty good thing going here. I've got a good thing. And just why can't you be happy with each other? I mean, there must be something about your relationship that brought you together, you know, and just. I think a lot of times wondering why people are together. Even mostly, I I occasionally I'm I feel like I feel lucky where I'm like, whew, we have a good relationship. A lot of times, what I mostly feel is bad if I see couples like guilty. No, like there are two. I won't say we don't. I'm not even sure I know the names, but there are two couples we've encountered over the course. We used to live in the same house as one. Oh fuck. It's yeah. not Sam. It's not no, you. It's not my brother. You know who I'm talking I about. I know this exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Met. And they would scream at each scream. other and one night I'm pretty sure we heard like them physically attack each oh, other. Oh yeah, they were like fisticuffs. There was fisticuffs yeah. in the living room and we were just locked in the other room like, "Oh god, why?" Mm-hmm. There's that and then there was another couple that we have lived next to in the past. Um it was our neighbors and we used to hear them before we moved. We used to hear them fighting like out in the yard and they'd throw shit at each other and they'd threaten to kill each other. Uh, mostly, I don't feel like, ha, I got, I got, I pulled one over on the world. Mostly, I feel bad that people are, are, are too scared of being alone to leave yeah. something that for me is worse than being alone. Yes, totally. It's, mm. I, yeah, I feel like people just, that's what I mean by when settle. I say bad. Not like guilty that I have a good thing, but oh, just, yeah. I feel bad for them. Cause I'm like, you guys are only going to be alive for like, 80 years you know like mm-hmm. and you're spending so much time just feeling like shit every day yeah so i don't i don't i don't identify with lady fairchild's point of view here which is like you know like um the the weird uh freedom the sensual freedom of the hedonist which is like i am constantly in a state of pleasure and i look at the the weird closeted buttoned up world and i laugh at their you know their whatever what are you doing here i'm just writing myself a note um panel three wendy says the same thing i quoted it earlier luxury erodes our upright qualities Mm -hmm. um which is basically like her husband keeping her in a state of loveless poverty Mm -hmm. so i thought that that was really interesting so she slips uh, panel four. Lady Fairchild's hand has veins visible on it. You don't see old people's hands drawn mm. in an erotic sense very often. But she's slipping her hand down Wendy's shirt, and we are now to the beginning. Oh my god! The beginning. I'm going to call this the beginning of the troubling panels. Troubling. I wanted okay. to ask you about this because I think I finally came to terms with this book. In Dude, a weird way. Lady Fairchild even looks kind of freaky weird in these. Yeah, the art is a little strange in this, maybe. But, um, yeah. so, the, this is basically where the the gates slam shut for Wendy. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. Well, she asks, she's like, what are you doing, Lady Fairchild? And Lady Fairchild's like, I'm making love to you. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm about to fucking just get down on you, girl. You're going to love it. 
And Wendy's like, excuse me? No. Absolutely not. She's really. I'm a proper lady. For real, though. She's super shitty to her. Like, read panel four. Read read Lady Fairchild's dialogue. Uh, Mrs. Potter, if you please... Now, if you allow me to depart this vice den unmolested, I'll be on my way. There's some of us, thank heaven, that still have a sense of decency. So there you go. She she says no. Like we Except she's totally full of shit. In, she just in the last issue bathed so Rolf could watch her and jerk off. Well, and I think it's important to remember in panel two, um, Alice is like, do you not remember when we all had sex in an opera house? And she's like, I don't think that really happened. Well, she also says, like, I think I was, like, so swept up that whatever I did was not my fault. Oh. She, like, she like ducks responsibility. She acknowledges that it happened, though, kind of, where it, it read panel two one. I don't remember anything about that night. She's like, uh-huh. But, sort of, like, plausible deniability well, going on she, here and in the last. But then she goes, she goes, I, I she goes, I I don't remember anything about that night. She so she stutters, mm-hmm. and that is her telling herself the lie mm-hmm. because her next line is, "I can't have been my right self." What with all the fuss and uproar, so she's like, I I think that is she remembers perfectly what mm-hmm. happened, but this is the don't look at it thing that her and her husband do mm-hmm. again and again, where they're like, we must not feel good about things, we must not express ourselves sexually, so. She she clamps up, she straightens her gown, and she goes to leave, and we get the most imperious eyes you've ever seen in panel four. Like, god oh man, damn, she's pissed. she yeah. looks so sassy. Um, okay, so I have a note about page four and partially page five. Okay. I think she's playing a part. You think so? Yeah, I think she's playing a part to Alice that she she needs to play. In order for this all to Very like, interesting. work out. Very interesting. That she needs to play is important. Mm-hmm. Dan Savage has a name for this specific thing. He calls it... Th- okay, there is something that has existed forever. It's called a rape fantasy. Oh, yeah. Dan Savage now, he doesn't use that term because he says it's ri- highly charged and negatively connoted. So mm-hmm. he says ravishment play. Oh, yeah, this is I feel like this is totally that for the same thing, which is like, oh, I don't really want it, but I kind of want it, but I don't want it. Please don't do this. But I, but I totally do. want it. Right. Yeah. Whereas because of the, the climate and culture that we live in now, something the, the term rape fantasy sounds it is too much or too harsh or just falls mm-hmm. wrong on the ear. But in 2008, when actually this book came out before that, this edition is 2008. The rape fantasy was still being discussed as the rape fantasy, and I'm wondering if that's what we're seeing here. But I'm also wondering if what we're seeing here might be classified as like, I don't know. For me, I think that's what it is. You think it's the ra- you think it's n- not rape, but you think it's like ravishment play, where mm-hmm. they're playing parts, where yes. she's like, "Please don't, oh no, touch me more, don't do it," like that kind well, of thing. Well, she, uh, Lady she, Fairchild, later later says, "Like you're fucking soaking wet." I think in this context, rape is the wrong word. Because, okay, like, look, I mean, it, it it's weird because when you read Lady Fairchild's lines, which I will right now, she sounds like a male rapist. Okay? you Right here. Ready? Why, you insufferable little prick. Let me trans... Okay, I'll read her lines and then I'll translate them. 
Why, you insufferable little prig, how dare you? The middle class hypocrisy of it. You sit there squirming, clearly pleading for release from your frustrated state. Translate to... You want it. Male rapist. Mm -hmm. You fucking bitch. You're clearly just sitting there. You fucking want this You're coming dick. on to me. Exactly. Yeah. She was asking for it. Mm -hmm. That's what Lady Fairchild's saying right there. So what side are you on? Now. Rape slash ravished no. or like intentionally? Do you know what side I'm on? I'm on the side of fantasy. This is erotica. Okay. So what I'm saying is in the, in the real world context, this is a thorny issue. Because what we see is this the page is wrath. Page five is wrath. On this page, what we see happen in real world context is Lady Fairchild strips off her clothes while she, while Wendy is strips off Wendy's clothes while Wendy repeatedly tells her to stop. Please don't. You'll be punished for this. I'll have you arrested. Oh my God, what are you doing? Pretty fairly horrific stuff. Rolls her over. Starts spanking her. Flip the page. Page six. Now, remember we talked earlier, she's dressed as the disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. And I like your idea that these are roles. But in the context of this, they're, they did not establish a scene. They didn't establish a safe word. They didn't discuss their terms. They might have before terms. we even... There's no way. Like, uh, I mean, if we're meant to read that much in between the panels... Uh, no, I... Wait, okay, let's, let's stop. Why are you upset by this? I don't understand why you have to draw it out of the... Like, oh, real world blah, 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 blah. Why can't we just look at it in the story and interpret it as we will because why why can't you look at this and say oh yeah what i think is she's raping her why can't you look at this and go no she's not raping her they're playing roles you can't pick one why you want me to just lay out the card you're really upset about this um all right you're fucking fighting me on it and i don't understand why you can't just talk about things in here just in the book and not in the real world i think that in this particular context in the issue we're reading we're reading erotica i think that this is the because i don't think it exists i thought i don't think what we're looking at exists which is i think that this is rape turning into passion i think that's what we're looking at i think wendy genuinely is distressed by what's happening when lady fairchild's ripping her clothes off and punishing her and i think that that spanking breaks down her emotional defenses and allows her to fully express herself sexually. Where she goes, where she breaks through that barrier, where she breaks through the years and years of conditioning, where Mr. Potter has her button to the neck, where Mr. Potter treats her shamefully, where calls her old girl, has no sexual interest in her whatsoever. She's horrified and mortified at what's happening. And then, in the way that it happens in these erotic novels, like, and then, you know, Wendy softened to her touch. And realized in her heart that this is what she wanted. And she melts into it. And then we get the rest of the issue, which is an amazing, decadent romp. I mean, page seven's a little weird because, like, the melting chocolate thing is kind of strange to see. Food porn's a thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm just glad we don't have, like, you know, chicken and pork and stuff. Oh, this mashed potatoes. This reminded me a little bit of Marie Antoinette. Oh, yeah. With the candies. Mm -hmm. But I... Th 
I, I didn't mean to muddy the issue up, but that's what I meant. Because for me, that's kind of weird to talk about. But I think that's what we're seeing, which is, which is Wendy doesn't want it. She really doesn't. I don't think she does. I think all evidence says, she, please don't do this. But I think subconsciously, because we're talking about erotica and we're talking about like a, a sexy story, I think she does want it subconsciously. And because Lady Fairchild persists, she breaks through that barrier in the context of the comic and Wendy is able to be sexually freed. It just took a little bit of violence to break down that wall. That's why I make the distinction because to say that in the real world is fucked up. We know we're looking at fiction. I know. Everybody knows. Yeah, I know. But it's 2018. I like to make the distinction. I'm sorry. Okay, so in the book... Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I liked the Hausfrau thing, how she kept saying Hausfrau. We had a whole television series about this, by the way. Page Television series? Yeah, page five is essentially Desperate Housewives. Huh? Page five is the plot of Desperate Housewives. Women who aren't getting sex at home, having sex with everyone else but their husbands, and then their husbands being like, I can't believe you did this to me. This is the... That's I wrote down. I mean, this this whole this line right here. I have here, no idea what Desperate you, Housewives is. You sit there squirt. Really? Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, it's a television show where women weren't getting enough sex at home, so they had sex with the pool boy and the postman and the milkman and people who everyone else. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Real Housewives of blah blah. Yeah, blah. you could. It was a fictional television show. You could have called it like Horny Housewives, and it would have made more sense. But you can't call it that. So, and there was also some murder mystery, but I didn't really follow the show at all. My mom watched it from time to time. But I like this because Lady Fairchild is calling her on it, you know, on back on page five. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's calling her on the, we've, we've seen again and again and again that she's like, she goes and spies on sex you know she spies on alice and dorothy where she's like "Ooh, look at this oh no i never would have and then in the previous Mm -hmm. issue she's like oh i'm bathing i'm bathing with my legs wide open and i'm rubbing my breasts a ton maybe there's a guy nearby but oh if he's looking that's his problem so lady i think alice is recognizing what's going on here which is like she cannot let her guard down she cannot come out of her shell and then everything changes on page five this is like the pinnacle moment of Wendy's arc thus far. She's we talked about her being ashamed because when we saw her origin story, we it's fairly extreme. It's the most extreme. She's all about things done to her. Wendy? She doesn't have agent sexual agency. You're talking about Wendy? Yeah. Yeah. She's very well that that's even consistent with her as a child in her origin. Right, that's story. what I mean. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that 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 might just be a personality thing because if you look at her husband, her husband she's is, a submissive, right? Her husband is fulfilling that again, and maybe Alice is recognizing that that she's not a sexless individual, but is a sexual submissive, and that's what she needs is someone to take charge. Although she does seem to have agency in pages uh, seven and eight in particular. Um, you know, like in I want chocolates on page six. <laughs> on page six, Alice sort of takes the, it's so funny because in the mistress manual, they talk about this after the spanking is done. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to comfort the, oh, yeah. the, your sub, 
You know, it's part of this particular fantasy, which is like the strict disciplinarian will discipline you and then, oh, it's all right. It's all right, honey. Come here. Come here. And it's that it's not aftercare. It's still part of the scene. Right. We're now like, okay, you've taken your discipline. Now let me soothe you. And that's where the the pleasure portion mm-hmm. comes in. Um, if you flip back really quick, Wrath has Gillian Anderson's lips 100%. I think. <laughs> On page five, I'm pretty sure that that drawing of wrath is. Uh, what if she hadn't been a redhead? It's the lip. It's the way that that lip is curled up. It's that little half smile thing. Um, there's an important line in wrath too. I think that these are very telling and help kind of unlock what we're seeing in the the four panel sections. The last line is um, basically it's someone's coming to really like torment and torture our speaker in the little panel under wrath and the last line is i call i cower and hide and in an ecstasy of dread i fear she will not find me so kind of like when you're playing hide and seek as a child and you're you're like don't find me don't find me but you also are like find me because that well when you're found that's the thrill (gasps) though i've been found right I think, yeah, and that's a really interesting way to look at it, too, because it it winds childhood and adulthood back together, that childhood. What I like about this one, this particular thing, is that is a, that is very much in the fetish and kink community, which is like, oh, yeah, like, please don't spank me. Oh, God, not the crop, not again. Spank me, spank me. But you know what you like? You like the fucking crop. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, God, she's got the belt. And you even like the dread associated you like the build up you like all of it well that's why so often with things like a crop or a belt there's the bit where the belt is just flicking on your leg and you know or you get to see it right or Or you get to hear or they're running the Mm -hmm. crop down your back and down your leg but there's no impact yet you're waiting for the impact and you know what building like, yeah, I mean, you're getting, if you get, if you get spanked with a crop or a flogger or a belt, you're like, ah, God, you know, there's, there's a, there's a little pain, there's a loud sound and you're startled, but y- you would feel cheated and you would be deprived of that, that intense pleasure if they were like, oh, you did you not, you don't want me to spank you? Okay. I won't. Okay. That would, mind. you'd be like, well, no, no. I no, mean, I wanted huh. that. <laughs> right. But you yeah. can't admit it. That's part right. of the fun of that play. Right. And that's why I like. That's why I like this right here. Because, yes, Wendy is going like, oh, no. Like, she is the epitome of, like, the damsel in distress here. Oh, no, you mustn't know, Mm -hmm. Alice, I beg of you. And boom, bodice ripped away. Literally. Yeah, and Alice does spank her, and we get cherry red bottom. And damn it, if page five, panel four. this This is, like, the sexiest panel I've encountered yet. Page five, panel four is so you're an ass man. Sexy to me. It's not just that though. It's the it's the spanking, the sheet scripting, it's the fearful look. Yeah, it, it's all of that because it's so intense and so well rendered. And I think also it's the swirling sheets, the way that mm. the, the the folds all swirl together. It's like uh, it's like Wendy's in the center of this turbulent turmoil. Even even Alice's sleeve goes into the the. So it's like she's in art school talk. Yeah. 
Um, you got the the Fibonacci spiral happening here, mm-hmm. and you also have the directing of the eye towards what she wants you to look at, which is the red red ass, the red ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, honestly, this is. I know that we we you and I just got into a slight spat about how deeply I was analyzing this particular page, but that panel is the sexiest panel in the book for me so far. This was the sequence right here that turned me on the most from a fantasy perspective. It was amazing. This whole chapter is amazing. I think the the sexual evolution of Wendy in eight pages is incredible through the prism of the seven deadly sins and exploring how sin is relative and sin is a matter of perspective. That's just so amazing to me. Um, I think the illustration of lust on page six is absolutely gorgeous. Really? I feel like that's one of the weaker ones really? honestly no. yeah i was I think um captivated by sloth that. is super sexy yeah i i didn't i'm not necessarily looking at like sexiness i was just sort of taken in by the the image itself just oh. by but not like ooh, it's so hot just it's this is the most captivating to me wrath i think is the most captivating those interesting bright green eyes thought, looking straight out at you i thought wrath piercing. was the weakest of the yeah that's very interesting so my favorite you think is the weakest and your favorite i think is the weakest <laughs> wow it's amazing we get anything done disagreeing as much as we do um there's Okay, we didn't talk about this. Alan Moore's writing. There's a note. I, I, I'm, you remember I mentioned it earlier. There was something I noticed about his writing that I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, I thought we talked about that already. We didn't. Oh. Alan Moore occasionally writes gross. What, yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. So I noticed something that we keep running into again and again and again, and we glaze over it. And just ignore it. And I think it's actually really, really important as far as the story goes. But I'm going to go with whatever you're looking at really quick. No, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, um, so. What do you mean? Gross. He describes an old man's head as like a shriveled ball sack two issues ago. Oh, God. Yeah. In this one, under gluttony, divine rot smears my face. That's how oh, he describes. Yeah, this panel was like. That's how he describes ew. a guy going down on a girl. Previous page in lust, bed meat and night gravy, are my concern. <sighs> right? Okay, so that's those lines. Like just reading those, I'm sitting here because Alan Moore is a master writer. He's one of the best writers in the world. He's amazing. Nothing he does is an accident, and he doesn't make mistakes. Really. He, knows he knows how smut sounds, and he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? It's not like uh, it's it's not that like now. Part of it might be in in the context of these particular panels. We've seen that these are knockoffs, mm-hmm. so it might be like him writing as someone trying to write poetry but being of a lower class Mm -hmm. or crass but we've seen him do it again and again in previous issues when he's meant to be writing as someone who knows what they're fucking doing when he's writing as alice and he writes the that guy has like a weird sunken scrotal belly or whatever Mm -hmm. those weird panels so i have a theory about this Here's my note, and we can dig in. If you want to, we can dig into it. I said there's a peculiar, unbridled, excessive 
delicious, celebrated depravity to Moore's writing. An unhinged, beyond these coquettish fields we know, primal and roaring. Which is, I think that Alan Moore... Cause, because my first thought was like, if I was ever writing erotica, I would not throw in gross things like night gravy and bed meat and divine rot, right? Like the furthest word from my mind when I'm thinking sexy erotica is rot. Okay, but we have seen this sort of thing time and again mm-hmm. in erotica or porn, written porn, where they describe something or they use a word to describe something else. Like, um, like instead of saying pussy or vagina, they say something else and it's like gross, Uh weird, but it's just like how that's written. See, I, well, the, for me, the, what you're talking about is I think of it as like bad stereotyped writing. Like anytime you see turgid, the word turgid, I'm like, or like throbbing pulsing member or I know what you're saying though like um like when someone is like and he stroked her kitty cat or like something weird like that where you're like oh god don't say that don't ever call it that. never call it that again I think what Alan Moore is doing here is more intentional and directed which is partly to shock you but also partly to I I think he's I think he knows where the lines are on the ground. He knows what words he can drop that will fall inside the circle and everyone will be comfortable with them and probably turned on by them. He's challenging us, I think. He's blowing past the lines. I think uh, you're looking at me like I'm fucking insane. Do you want me to continue or do you think this is a... I mean, go ahead. You you just completely disagree? I, I think that this is like Alan Moore trying to encompass the entire breadth of sexual experience. Okay, conversation we had earlier today. You and I have our sexual preferences. Everyone we know has their sexual preferences, and most of those, I would say, fall fairly within the, you know, accepted sexual circle oh, of the world. Oh, sure, like yucking somebody's yum is what you're, you're getting at. Yucking someone's yum? Yeah, like... Somebody has a kink that you're not into and you're like, oh, that's nasty. Yes. Oh, my God. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think Alan Moore is blowing past our lines to be like, look, what's out there? Mm -hmm. I think that's what he's doing. Because Bird and I had a conversation earlier while we were on our walk. A friend of ours went to a big festival for Leather Daddies, which is a specific subset of the gay community where... You dress all in leather. It's exactly what you think it is. And he, my friend told me while he was at this, this convention, this episode is yeah. definitely getting an explicit tag. <laughs> Don't um, they always? They always do. But while he was at this, uh, anybody who's not sure they want to hear what I'm about to say, skip forward like two minutes. This is pretty extreme. Um, while he was at this convention, all of the toilets at this convention this place this leather daddy convention he went to were people this is a convention where hundreds and hundreds of people went to celebrate their particular sexual proclivities and part of that included all of the urinals being human beings i am yucking that yum i assume you are as well it's totally not my thing but i i'm not yucking it 
quote unquote. I'm not saying like, ew, nobody should do that. Oh, I, I understand it. Not my thing. Okay, I I don't think I ever really go unless it's like criminal or involves death or mutilation. I don't really ever say like people shouldn't do that. But that to me is like, ugh. <laughs> I mean, good on you if that's what you're into. But that's not my thing. I think that's what Alan Moore's doing here. Is he? There are people out there. Who, I mean, there's that famous episode of Maury where that guy's into food and giant women. Oh my god! That's and they. Br- oh my god. I remember watching that they, one. Yeah, they wheel out like a 600 pound Don't woman. they have her in a wheelbarrow? No. Or is she on like one of those big she's rolling carts? She's on a huge carts. rolling cart. Yeah. And she's yeah. covered head to toe in food. And he just like loses his it's shit. Not, it's not whipped cream, chocolate, and strawberries. It's no. like chicken and stuffing and mashed potatoes right, and it's gravy. Like Thanksgiving. It's food food. And he dives on her. Okay, like <laughs> that's what I'm saying is Alan Moore in this, I think I'm getting this book more because, okay, I know this is I'm gonna just uh, I'm, Bear with me Okay We read an issue That's loaded with incest And we mm-hmm. were like Ugh Then we found out That incest porn Is the most popular porn In the United <laughs> States Okay So oh, what Shame I'm, on us What I'm trying to remember Now keep in mind What I'm trying to keep in mind Is someone was reading this book And hit that And hit that issue And was like Oh erotica written for me Right that was yeah. We're really not reading this like just for erotica. We're really digging in deeper than I we think are. most people. So, but I think that other a, people would just be reading this, going, "Oh, that's really sexy." Or like like you and I did when we were originally reading it is when we hit some. It's weird. It's weird how we become egocentric about this sort of stuff. Where we're reading it and we're like, "Ew, Alan Moore, why'd you put that in there in this book that's meant just for me to be aroused <laughs> by?" Flip, flip. You know, next issue. <laughs> There, there's a, I love that yucking someone's yum. That's so great. Yeah. But everyone has their tastes and this book, I think Alan Moore's hitting them all. I think he's going for it. Like I said later Mm -hmm. there, we're going to encounter a horse later. That is going to happen. There's what I would call sort of a hybrid furry porn approaching. Human animal hybrids Ooh. because we're in fantasy land, right? But I'm I'm telling you, there is there's a lot in this book, and not all of it's gonna land for us. But right. rather than us being like, I, I thinking back on it, I was like, Jesus, how pretentious of me to be like, well, I think Alan Moore only included incest to challenge us because no human being likes incest and that's <laughs> disgusting, and he just likes to. That's not it at all. Alan Moore is like. He is storytelling, but he's also literally just writing erotica. He's like, writing erotica, but he's he. This is very bold if you think about it. He's writing erotica so far for everybody. Like there's someone out there. It's what hit me was divine rot. That's what triggered this whole thought process because I I thought that is beautiful writing, mm-hmm. but it's disturbing to me. Right. And I'm like, if I were writing erotica, I would never do that. And I'm like, oh, that's why I'm not Alan Moore. Right. Alan Moore knows he sees that spectrum of people and he's like, oh, all right, I got you guys. <clears throat> and even if he's like, ooh, I don't know, I think incest is a little bit yucky. He's like, <laughs> someone doesn't. And he folds it in. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he is looking at human sex and sexuality unblinkingly. And Melinda Gebby is rendering it without flinching. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. 
It's this is a mind expanding book if you if you let it be that. If you are willing to sit and consider what it's saying to you rather than just be like, "Oh, I thought it was a bit tasteless the way that he folded in that horse penis. That was a bit much." Just, you know, sit with it. Look at it. Think about what it means and what he's saying to you and think about the people who how other people might respond to it. When I saw the I don't want to keep talking about the horse penis, but when I saw the horse, when I saw oh, the, when I God. saw the horse thing, cause I saw that today after I had already made my note about Alan Moore folding in other people's mm-hmm. kinks and fetishes. When I saw that horse thing today, I was like, again, I'm still He's like, really going for it. Well, part of it was that. And part of it was like, well, not my thing. But the thought that really stuck with me is like, was like awe at humanity because it was like, wow. That oh my is, god, people are fucked up and I love it. Yeah, yeah there's it such was a so spectrum. Weird, Cuz I was like I was like y- you see it and you're like, "Ah, Jesus." <laughs> and then your my next, you know, your next thought is like, "Why would you put that in there?" But in the context of he's trying to give us the full depth and breadth of human sexuality, my next thought was like somebody hit this page and was like, "Oh wow, a panel for me." <laughs> it's so strange to think about, but right. it it's really mm-hmm. that's really really something. Anyway, um, I really don't have anything else. I like slaw. Uh, the gluttony page is not obviously not my thing. It's just weird. At one point, what Alice, is that? A fried egg? Alice melts a chocolate in her mouth and drips it into uh, Lady Fairchild's mouth, and I er Lady Fairchild. Lady Fairchild. Wendy. Yeah, Lady Fairchild melts a chocolate in her mouth and drools the chocolate into Wendy's mouth. Oh, that's not what I thought was happening there. What did you think was happening? I thought she was. I thought she had one of those, um, like, gooey filled bonbons oh, and, like, and had like cracked it, split it. Yeah, mm, maybe. No, the, the way that I saw it was that she's like the chocolate's like melting in her mouth, and that's spit and chocolate. Mm. That's what I saw, and I was like, I like chocolate. I don't like it that much. Um. Yeah, the, who's that artist? Terry Bizarro? Is that right? Oh, yeah, what about her? Terry Bizarro on Instagram. Can you spell it for people really quick? Um, I think it's Terry with a Y, T-E-R-R-Y. Okay. Bizarro. On, on Instagram, there's an artist that both Bird and I follow, and the illustration of Sloth reminded me a little bit of it the stuff that... It might be Y. It might be an I, though. I'm not sure. People I can I think it, it was a Y, though, because I thought that... Terry was a guy for either, the longest time. Either way, people can find uh-huh. her. But uh, yeah, so Terry, Biz- Terry, this reminded me of a Terry Bizarro piece, and I agree with you. This is, as far as like actual erotic, there's the poppy again. As far as erotic, sexy, as far as those terms apply, that is to me the only um, sin illustration that is actually like sexy. This is that's a sexy drawing for me. And I love that we see the afterglow mm-hmm. of sex. That's pretty much all, you know, like Hollywood will show you the afterglow all the time where people lay in bed and advance the plot by talking. Right. What I like here is this is not advancing the plot. Wendy even says, like, we should get up. There's probably things to do. And Alice is like, no. There's that. other people to There's do other it. people mm-hmm. to do that. People with clothes on. Why don't you and I just lay here for a while? Mm-hmm. And even as they're talking... They're like sort of stroking each Still, other. And yeah. Yeah. It's I this is a an afterglow like you don't see very often, which is the lazy kind that serves no purpose other than to show you the the luxuriance of mm-hmm. being lazy. It's cool. I really, really dug this. I thought that these these 
five panels or whatever you want to call it were uh, really, really well executed and showed us a perspective that we don't see very often. And of course, they're fucking gorgeous. They're absolutely gorgeous. All right. Can we dig into something? Yeah, totally. Okay. I have to art nerd out. Um, I just happen to have my um, complete works of Mooka by my desk because I have been working on a piece in the Art Nouveau vein. Yeah, we were going to do this. I forgot. So um, when I saw these panels, I was like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. That seems very, very familiar. Like, obviously, it's done in the style of Alphonse Mooka. Right. But I think that... um, she was pulling from or referencing specific pieces okay. when she was doing these panels. So I went and I looked through my copy. Yes. The When I was looking at these, the cover of your Alphonse Mucha book was the first thing I thought of. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, Girl on the bike? Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm misremembering the cover of your oh Alphonse Mucha book. Okay, never mind. Okay. So go ahead, go ahead. So anyway, I went through my book and I was like, okay, this oh, really reminds me of... the cover of your Art Nouveau book, not your Alphonse Mucha book. You have a book on the history of Art Nouveau as yeah. well. That is the cover I'm remembering, not this one. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, um, so anyway, um, specifically Avarice, I was like, oh my God, this looks like um, such and such a piece. Um, because some of my favorite pieces by him are the the sun and moon pieces. He did a a four piece set or maybe just a two piece set okay. with some um, studies in watercolors. But I just think they're the most beautiful thing ever. So I went through my book, and um, if you want to grab this book, sure. The book is called the Alphonse Mucha. The yep. oh, Alphonse, Alphonse Mucha, the, Mucha the complete graphic works. Yes. Um, and. Uh, I first found this book in my local library and I checked it out like a million times and finally bought myself a copy because I just love it so much. Um, so did you let's bookmark see these pages. I did not, but I can tell you, you wrote down the page. Numbers. So yes, I did. Um, Oh, I didn't write down that one. So of course let's do avarice first. Cause you have that All ready right. to hand. So avarice is based on what? So I think that, she, do, hmm? do you think all of these are based on specific works by Alphonse Mucha? I think so, or I think she was drawing um, inspiration from a specific piece, and I may have pinpointed them, and maybe not. Okay. Um, Interesting. So, oh, this is a cool book. Let's see, right there. So this, um, the one that I think she's pulling from for Avarice is called The Morning Star, and that was... Um, it's this absolutely stunning piece where a, a woman, like Mooka's thing was women, gorgeous women, standing or lounging around in right. basically like bed sheets. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and lots of like gorgeous jewelry. Um, so anyway, this is like uh, a woman standing. She is, she is uh, the morning star and she has her hand to her forehead and rays are coming out mm from her open palm and that kind of same thing is happening there right in that panel in this panel that they're coming from a crown but yeah Mm -hmm. and the crown is studded with stars that's interesting and there's stars over her breast as well Mm -hmm. that okay um so what about you don't have it written down for envy right i do have one but um i can find it really quick let's do envy last because the Uh, other ones will be so fast to find 
Uh, no, because this is a Sarah Bernhardt one, and it's right here with all the other Sarah Bernhardt ones. Okay. Well, who okay. is Sarah Bernhardt? Sarah Bernhardt was an actress of the time, super, super famous in Paris, and she saw one of his posters and was like, this is the guy that I want to illustrate all of my future posters. So she was like a big patron of his that really shot him to stardom. Gotcha. Um, so the po- the um, artwork that I think that she may have been referencing for Envy is the poster for Medea. Um, really? Where do you see? Th- where where do you draw the- No, where do you draw the parallel? Um, well, I don't see the parallel. Actress here, actress there, okay. you know, with the mask. Yeah. And she has kind of like off coloring here hmm. um and this face is green yeah the face is green the envy face okay uh, it's the one that i could find that was closest All because right. there's not really one quite like that For but envy. that may have been what she was pulling from all right what a uh, lot of the other ones are much closer what do you think pride is based on okay this is wow <laughs> so maybe we should for this no we can't because the episode was due up i was gonna say we should post still so people can compare i mean yeah maybe but that'd um, be hours of work all right uh pride so i think that she was pulling from i agree 100 salambo modern stamp maybe is the translation from this uh so it, it reads <clears throat> um uh salambo 2m salambo estampe madame and it is basically um, like a goddess-like figure standing mm. with her palms upward, and she has a beautiful peacock headpiece on and tons of beautiful jewelry. Yeah. You can see even the shape of the, the jewelry here. Bust the bust is the same, yeah, too. Same yeah, same shape. Oh, wow. And yeah, this is, I would say the this under is bust. A, yeah, yeah, this is definitely the, definitely East, drawn the influence from. of this one. And then yeah. there's like smoking mm-hmm. bowls here. Um, oh yeah, this is this is this this is where she got that from. A hundred percent. Yep. Wow, this is beautiful. Yeah, and um, I did notice here that she's doing um, a mudra with her hand. Right. So I went and I looked that up, and um, it is the mudra for Earth. So when you're doing yoga, sometimes mudra is a hand position. Yeah. The, the one everyone knows is the basically the okay symbol. The the like om yeah. Right. Um. So this mudra, quote unquote, strengthens the tissues of the body. I don't know how that relates to the artwork. Okay. But that's what she's doing with her hand. Wrath. All right. 34. Beep, 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 beep. We have so many cool books in our house. <laughs> All right. So this one is a serpent lady. I assumed like a devil of some sort. But okay. What, what do you got? Right here. A woman lounging on... Oh, that's fucking what looks terrifying. Like a dragon's head almost. Oh my god, that's scary as shit. Dude, and she's looking good. at you with those piercing eyes, and she's also a redhead. Mm, I just I think you might be right there, Boo. Her eyes are green. There's I plants. definitely it's think, like flipped. It's like a flipped version. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Did she Mooka has a do? snake on her um headpiece there did mooka ever do bare breasts because none of these oh are... fucking all the time okay. dude i just i've noticed that a lot of these people are covered up yeah. um oh yeah interesting so that dude that snake is terrifying yeah that like weird dragon snake that one's called uh, Lim- uh emerald oh mm-hmm. i was doing the french name Lemerald. emerald 1900 it's awesome <laughs> i yeah i really like beautiful. this series 
He's just, oh my God, his rich colors like in this ruby, it kills me. All right, so we've got um, two more. Lust. Okay, Lust. so not exactly, but I think this may have been an inspiration. Flirt? Yeah, see, like both of their eyes are downcast, but she's kind of looking at the guy coyly. It's a couple, they're clothed, unlike the book. Right, um, and they're not looking at, in, in the book, they're not looking at each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting, in the book, uh, sort of chapter 12, page six. Oh, sorry, this one is called Flirt. Right. It's for some sort of biscuits. <laughs> in the book, the... There's a it's a female embracing a statue and the statue has uh, the statue has a um, an erection and her hand is on the erection but her hand is not on his shoulder it's hovering over his shoulder and the statue mm-hmm. has no arms so they're not touching that's interesting because in this muka piece they're not touching the, yeah they're close but they're not quite touching and it's sort of like it's a, a bit coquettish mm-hmm. yeah interesting and i, I just think, feel like the 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 look on the face is very similar to me with those downcast yeah. eyes kind of looking through the lashes i think that that's a, mm-hmm. a strong candidate actually i think that's a that's a that's a very distinct possibility all right yeah. um gluttony uh oh there we go right turn right to it okay. so um chocolate Ch- mexican chocolat uh, for maison Chocolat Masson. No, this one. Oh, so it's Chocolat Mexican. Yeah. So this one is for, um, this is from a series done for, I guess, chocolates, like a company paid for this um, album to be made. Same body position. She's holding grapes. Her hair is the same. Mm -hmm. Damn. You, yeah. Again, I think this is a strong contender for for the influence for this picture. It's one of the um, the like seasons, and this is autumn with mm-hmm. her bounty of fruit in her hands. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I just um, yeah, and then, some of them were very like obvious. This one, that one, some of them not so much. But um, sloth. This is my best guess for maybe her. Um, uh, you want to figure that one out? Interesting. Uh, a cotier latin, the Latin Quarter. Um. I'm, it looks like it's a cover for a magazine. It's this woman lounging. She might be a goddess and she's holding a bunch of teeny tiny little people on her stomach, on like yeah, her and chest and they're in her hair. I'm not sure. I'm, it, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's kind of tough because like what he did was lounging half naked ladies. So there's a lot of, them there's a here. lot of lounging half naked yeah. ladies running around in this particular book. Um, you know, if I wake up early tomorrow, if you have, uh, I, if I wake up early tomorrow, I might post pictures so that people can make their own judgments and comparisons. If you don't find any pictures and stuff he over on the website, it. I didn't do it because I was didn't get up early enough and I was too tired and it's too fucking much work. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. Um, I have nothing else for those chapters. Oh this goodness. was a crazy long episode, like well over three hours. Great. So anyway, um, <laughs> you're welcome. Slash, I'm sorry. I hope you guys are digging the long form, like super crazy deep dive digs into Lost Girls. I'm enjoying it because I'm understanding the book better as we go. I'm. I don't think I would ever have gotten this much out of this book if we hadn't done these episodes. And I'm hoping people at home feel that way too. Uh, speaking of people at home, we're a listener supported podcast, <laughs> yeah. so we're gonna shout out our patrons. Um, let's do. Yeah, let's do that first. So John Shabby, Casey Shabby. Thank you. You're the best. You guys are the best. And I hope you made it all the way through this episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I hope, I hope you guys bought I hope this. I didn't, like, gross you out. 
yeah this is a this this podcast of ours has taken a bit of crazy turn i'm really enjoying it though i'm, I'm really liking these talks so mm-hmm. even if no one is listening at all i'm getting a ton <laughs> out of it so it's worth it and i hope that john and casey are getting a lot out of it too thanks for making this possible guys uh we have a new patron who unfortunately i um i don't know her last name uh, oh yeah i don't either so uh we have we'll just well we didn't say it maybe she doesn't need a last name yeah. maybe she's like beyonce we didn't say john and casey's last oh That's yeah true. we did we did we did it's john and casey oh. shabby yeah oh. but we're just gonna say just um thank you so much and we're gonna say them distinct from each other because they're unique individuals they're oh. not married yet they're still <laughs> two people in the eyes of the lord jesus christ <laughs> Um, so thank you so much he hates when I do this but thank you so much Carl Carl Hartley supports the shit out of this show by coming and doing another show with me (laughs) Um, and thank you to Danielle whose last name I do not know but uh, she's become a patron of the show and this is her first shout out and I will know her last name for her second shout out (laughs) good Good. Uh, as always we have to thank Connor Sweeney no special shout out this time for Connor All Sweeney. All right, just, cool. Just Connor Sweeney. Look, dude, you can't always be <laughs> as awesome as you are, okay? Sometimes you just got to fall in line, baby. You just got to become part of the rank and file. <laughs> um, if you mm. like what we do, if you think that these deep dives are enlightening and you want more deep dives in different directions, head on over to patreon.com slash maxpeterson. You can get shout outs on the show, full bonus episodes of both this show and the film appreciation podcast I do called Measuring Flicks. Um, Bird, where can people find you? I am on Instagram at the.artistbird. The.artist.bird? Yes. Did I not? Did you I did. fuck that up? So it's God, the, I'm so tired. The.artist.bird. <laughs> um, she has a website, theartistbird.com. You can find. The- I'm also on Patreon patreon.com backslash the artist bird okay you can find me on instagram at actual max p i think yes and then uh you can i'm telling you we need to just have a card for this yeah and then that's or all. just record it once honestly that's it all it. i really care about so Jesus. we're getting out of here we're gonna go to bed so that's been uh chatman and robin for this week i'm max peterson and i'm bird holy podcast chatman ah!